The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. It's Monday. Welcome a new week and a new edition of the Employment Law Show for the next half hour. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We are all over this like a cougar on a crippled chicken. There is tons to get through tonight, so buckle in. Situations that trigger employment law disputes. That is coming up with my good pal Alex Lutaferro, partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. You want to reach Alex any other time, email's a good start, help at employmentlawyer.ca and one 821 5900 But we'll get started with the case of the day. Brother, what's, uh, what's going on with you today? Hey, John. Good Monday evening to you. Great to be back live on the air here as usual, talking employment law, talking workplace rights for employees uh, and for employers as well. It uh, needs to be said. Uh, ah, busy start to the week, uh, John. Like I'm sure for uh, for many of our, uh, if not all of our listeners uh, out there, busy start. We're continuing to help people resolve their workplace situations, solving problems, giving advice, helping people get the severance that they're owed. Our entire team in Toronto and across Ontario, in Alberta, uh, Vancouver, speak to people on a daily basis, people that have heard this show or they've seen a TV show or they've been put in touch with us through a family member or a friend. These people, John, they call us because they're dealing with a situation at work. They're dealing with a problem at work, and it's obviously a difficult situation. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond to their employer, and they just need some help. They need some guidance. They want to know what their rights are. They want to know what options they have. And as you very well know, John, that's what we do. We help people resolve their workplace problems. It's what we pride ourselves on. It's what we do day in and day out in the office. And that's what's actually great about our job. It's that that after people speak to us, they feel a heck of a lot better. A lot of times we're able to point people in in the right direction and resolve their workplace problems very easily. And even in situations where we can't solve problems perfectly, people are grateful to simply know what options they they have and and where they stand ultimately. So if you're listening to us right now, if you're dealing with a difficult situation at work, maybe you've been let go from your job and you've been offered a severance package. Maybe your boss is treating you badly or being bullied or harassed at work. Or maybe you're an employer. Maybe you own a business and you're dealing with a difficult situation with one of your employees Feel free to give us a call. Let's tackle that problem. Let's try and alleviate some of that workplace stress. I always encourage our listeners, do not be shy. Do not be bashful. There are no bad questions when it comes to employment law. We're here to talk. We're here to help. Give us a call at the office. Reach out to myself or the lawyers at our firm. John will give you the contact information. You can certainly contact us there as well. So, with that out of the way, John, let's uh, let's start the show as we usually mm-hmm. do with the case of the day. It's an opportunity to talk about a matter that literally came across my desk, uh, John, this afternoon. I spoke with a relatively young gentleman, uh, actually, very nice, very nice guy, 20 years of age. Spoke to him this afternoon, uh, John. He is a plumber. He had been, well, he's actually the lead here. He was rather the lead plumber at his employer, and he was employed okay. with this company for nine and a half years. Years. So pretty, you know, he was with them since he was, I guess, in his teens, very, uh, very young. I believe he started there as an apprentice and then kind of grew into the role and, and ultimately 
grew into becoming the lead plumber uh, at this particular company, relatively small uh, company. And lo and behold, uh, a couple of months ago, a new manager comes into this uh, business, starts changing things left, right, and center. The manager didn't particularly get along well with the felt with the gentleman that I spoke with. They didn't necessarily see eye to eye on how the business uh, should uh, operate, and these things happen. And lo and behold, just a couple of days ago, I believe it was on Thursday of last week, uh, John, we uh, uh, this gentleman was let go from his job. So he was sat in a meeting, as many employees uh, are. He was called into a meeting, sat down with this new office manager who was a brand spanking new employee of two months and said, it's not working out. We're letting you go. And listen, John, these things happen. Employees mm -hmm. are let go. There's nothing inherently wrong with an employer letting an employee go, provided, of course, that they're paid the amount of uh, the right, amount right of severance which is a huge problem in this particular case, John, because this individual, this 28-year-old plumber for nine and a half years with the same company was offered absolutely zero severance, <laughs> not $1 of severance. John was on the table for this gentleman. He was told, like many, unfortunately, many tradespeople, many people in the construction industry, he was told, well, because you're a plumber, we don't owe you severance. Right. This is what his employer actually told him, John, if you can even believe it in this day and age in 2022. Uh, and so this gentleman contacted me right away and said, what's going on here? I feel like I'm owed severance. I'm a regular employee like anyone else, whether I work, uh, you know, residential or commercial plumbing or whether I work in an office, aren't I owed severance like any other employee? Mm -hmm. And this 28-year-old, John, was onto something. Of course he's owed severance. Absolutely he's owed severance like any other employee. What, regardless of the nature of the work you do, you can be in construction, you can be in plumbing, uh, you can be a janitor, you can be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. If you are let go from your job, you are owed severance like any other employee. This gentleman was 28 years old, John, like I said, nine and a half years of service in a, in a plumber position. He is probably looking at something in the range of eight months as a severance wow. uh, period, and he was offered nothing, uh, John. And so the moral of the story here, and why I'm uh, why I'm kind of uh, using this uh, it, this certain case as the case of the day, it, is that these situations, both for the employer and the employee, are extremely important. This employer has now made a huge mistake that's going to cost them significant amounts of money not only because they owe this individual severance, but now they're potentially in trouble because they haven't offered even a penny of severance. Uh, that potentially would warrant further damages in a case like this. So they've actually made the situation worse by not wow. offering this employee any severance whatsoever. And of course, this employee is going to be looking at a significant severance package, and that's exactly what we're going to do. John, we're going to help this, uh, this individual get the severance uh, that they're owed. Fortunately, we see this far too often, and it's, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. We see this situation far too often where employees are either offered the, in, the uh, improper amount of severance or they're not offered severance uh, whatsoever. Uh, and that is just wrong. It's wrong in almost every single case, John. And like I said, unfortunately, we see it far too often. You know, it's interesting. I mean, this case where they offered nothing, that's just plain stupid. But quite often is the case where the employer is not doing it out of you know, malice or anything wrong. They just don't know sometimes that they're owed more and they might be shortchanging the employee big time because they've gone to, you know, the employment standard and said, oh, eight weeks, that's their max. Okay, off you go. Meanwhile, it's a year and a half. 
but they just don't know it, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right, John. A lot of times uh, it is effectively ignorance. So mm -hmm. it's not knowing the way the law works in a particular situation or having a misunderstanding of the law, which is even uh, worse. Uh, really, I do have to say, though, uh, however, if you are a business owner, if you have employees within your company, whether you manage that company or whether you're the owner of that company, small, medium or large, you have to do your due diligence and understand your obligations when it comes to your employees. And that includes ending the employment relationship and therefore right. includes severance. If you're not if you haven't turned your mind to that part of the equation as a business owner, you are uh, liable for, again, not only having to pay significant amounts of severance, but if you breach those severance rules, you can be in trouble as an employer and have, have to pay even more in addition to an employee severance entitlements because you made that kind of Situations that trigger employment law disputes, there's many, but we've got a, a short list here, Alex. We'll start with your first one. That is when an employer resorts to termination for cause much too soon. Yeah, exactly what I was alluding to mm -hmm. earlier, John, although slightly yeah. different situation. Another occasion where we see uh, employers not offering any severance whatsoever and that you know, ultimately costing an employer is when an employer terminates employ an employee for cause and they do not have cause to terminate that employee. Now, what I mean by termination for cause is when an employer is terminating an employee on the basis of either misconduct or poor performance, or some sort of serious breach of the employment relationship. And as we always say, and our longtime listeners will know this very well, John, when we're talking about a termination for cause, we should be talking about the worst of the worst kind of offenses when it comes to the employment relationship. You cannot terminate an employee for cause on the basis of a minor offense or uh, you know some minor performance uh, issues legitimate cause for termination is a serious fundamental is the language that the law uses breach of the employment agreement so we're talking about again the worst kind of worst uh offenses we're talking about fraud within the workplace we're talking right. about violence or you know even if it's verbal but you know uh some extreme behavior and misconduct within the workplace what we call willful misconduct in those cases where those are legitimate claims, yes, potentially an employee is not owed any severance if they're legitimately let go for cause. The problem and the reason why I mention this as a situation that triggers an employment law issue is that employers pull that trigger way yes, too they do. quickly. Yeah. They claim termination for cause with, again, minor performance issues or minor misconduct issues that may warrant a warning or may warrant some sort of reprimand maybe even a, some sort of suspension, uh, but they do not warrant what's effectively the worst form of punishment in an employment relationship, which is a termination. And so we see employers time and time again, let an employee go for cause where there, where there isn't cause, where they haven't reached that threshold of cause and offers zero severance as a result. And again, that lands an employer in hot water. Not only are they going to owe severance, they might owe additional damages beyond that. And of course, an employee in that perspective, I mean, it's obviously a traumatic experience to be terminated for cause, to be accused of something that is not necessarily legitimate. And then you have to pursue your own severance entitlements. The good news, uh, John, to finish up on this point is that the law is actually very, very clear and straightforward on these, on these terminations for cause. 
A lot of times we can resolve these situations quite easily and quite quickly when we apply the law, when we engage the employers in negotiations. A lot of times they fold very quickly, knowing that it's not a legitimate termination for cause. We get employees the proper severance package and we get them moving on with their lives. It's always worth a uh, shout out to Alex after the show, anytime during the week. As a matter of fact, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca's email address. And we'll take a, a quick break and we'll continue the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here, Alex Luciferro, managing partner, San Fury to Market LLP. You want to reach out to Alex any other time? It is simple, help at employmentlawyer.ca, free and anonymous website as well. Lots of employment law goodies on there, some information to be learned, and uh, it's anonymous, if I didn't mention that, free pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Situations that trigger employment law disputes. Number two is this, and this is um, probably wider spread than a lot of people think, and that's when an employer tries to call somebody an independent contractor, but they're doing it to save money. That's absolutely right, John, and you nailed it. Uh, This situation happens more than most people uh, would think. It is amazing. And sometimes even on on the part of the the employee, the worker or the independent contractor, as they're often called, even they think that they're a contractor themselves Mm -hmm. and they believe that the situation is an independent contractor situation when in fact it's actually an employment relationship. And that contractor, quote unquote, has lots more protections, lots more rights. And that is the case across the board, John, in case it's not obvious, in case it's not clear. Employees, an employment relationship, an employee in that situation has far better protections under the law than a true independent contractor. We could think of an independent contractor like having a business to business relationship with whatever entity they're uh, working with. And in that respect, really the only rights they might have are contractual, right? This is Mm -hmm. how much you're going to pay me. This is the work I'm going to do. The classic case, of course, when we think of an independent contractor is, for example, uh, the handyman or the plumber who has multiple clients, works for him or herself, and, uh, and that is an independent contractor. However, what we see most often is employees being called independent contractors. They look work for a large corporation. They get paid at regular intervals. They have basically an annual salary. They're told what to do by their uh, employer. They're given the equipment uh, by their employer to do uh, the uh, work. They don't have any control over the volume of their work. All of these factors, John, lead to an employment relationship and lead to things like overtime pay being owed and vacation pay being owed and especially severance being owed. When that relationship ends, an independent contractor who is actually an employee is going to be owed severance. And again, these are where issues arise. These are where we as employment lawyers become involved in a breakdown of a relationship like this because independent contractors are oftentimes, I would say the majority of the time, actually employees. Uh, And therefore they are owed severance. They're owed severance based on their age, 
their position within that company, the particular job that they were doing, their years of service with the organization. And it's not going to be just 30 days like, mm -hmm. you know, like you see in a lot of independent contractor uh, documents or contracts. And it's not going to be a week or two per year of service, as our longtime listeners will know. Uh, it's going to be months. Uh, and it could be as much as 24 months as severance. Uh, and so that is a significant right that employees have, that true independent contractors uh, don't. And if you're in the, an independent contractor, you're being called an independent contractor out there, uh, you may want to get some advice. You may want to find out. Give us a call. Let's have a chat. You may mm -hmm. want to find out whether you're actually an employee, because if you are, uh, you'll have much better protections under the law. Not to mention you could have uh, heaps of trouble on both sides if you've been doing this for some time and it's not right with CRA, with the uh, Canadian Revenue Agency. That could be a whole lot of trouble. But then uh, people are going to say, you know, uh, Alex, I get what you're saying, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty tight with my boss and we both just had a handshake. Ah, you'll be an independent contractor. Sounds good to me, man. Off we go. You know, we've both agreed to it. So why is that not okay? Yeah, as I explain it to the people that I speak with, uh, John, and when when they put that kind of situation to me, is that that might be some short-term gain for some long-term pain. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that works right now, right? Maybe it works for this tax year because you've got a couple of couple more deductions on your income tax form and you get the write-off maybe working from home or something like that as an independent contractor. But uh, when, uh, you know, when things get difficult and that relationship ends... Uh, you're going to be thinking of severance, right? And you were in a far better position as an employee when it comes to severance than you would be as an independent contractor. And the additional point there is that, well, it actually doesn't matter what you think your relationship is or, or even what the employer thinks their relationship is. What matters is the actual substance of the relationship. And so regardless of what you call yourself or what your employer calls you, if you look and act like an employee, in the eyes of the law, you are going to be an employee, whether you like it or not. Uh, and it is so it is the objective reality of the situation that dictates right. whether it's an employment relationship uh, or not. And nine out of 10 times, being an employee will end up working in the employee's favor right. uh, rather than the other way around. We'll get to another one of our points here, Alex, tonight, situations that trigger Employment law disputes, and that is when an employee is terminated. Oh, look at that, right before that big bonus is due. Yeah, and, and the same thing can apply to commissions, uh, John. So whether right. you're talking about commission payments or bonuses or any kind of incentive uh, pay. And, you know, it's funny, we just we just uh, kind of passed the season, John. A lot of times for a lot of employers, bonuses are paid kind of at the end of the first quarter of the year. So kind of mm -hmm. spring, you know, March, April. And, you know, it's surprising as employment lawyers, we see lots of terminations happening around that time. And lo and behold, I mean, it's the reason why this topic is on our list. Lo and behold, those employees are not paid their bonuses. And it's absolute nonsense on the part of employers. And here's why. When we're those employees, of course, who are let go, guess what? They're owed severance like any other employee and their severance entitlements are going to be significant. But guess what? They are also owed their bonus or their commission entitlements as part of their severance package. Right. When we're talking about severance, we should be talking about all components of an employee's compensation. That includes your base salary or your hourly rate and regular hours. It includes your benefits coverage for the entire severance period. Pension contributions, bonuses that would have been paid during the severance period, commissions, sometimes stock options, you name it. 
John, we're talking about the whole compensation package when we're calculating severance. So an employer that tries to, you know, outsmart the employee or try and out, you know, try and save itself a buck or two by terminating an employee before that bonus is paid, they're in for a rude awakening because they're going to have to pay the bonus out anyway. Uh, and they've let an employee go improperly with improperly calculating their severance entitlements. And that's just going to cause them further hardship. Uh, and it's not a situation an employer uh, wants to be in. So again, as an employee, don't forget, if you're let go, you're owed all components of your compensation as part of your severance package. That includes bonus. It includes commission payments and everything else for that matter. And as an employer, don't try and save yourself a buck or two by letting an employee go before those bonuses uh, are, are due or not offering an employee the rest of their severance package. Make sure you get proper advice from an employment yep. lawyer and make the employee a fair and reasonable severance offer. That is the right, right way to terminate an employee. Situations, again, that trigger employment law disputes. A big one here, that is when the employees let go while either a maternity, uh, parental leave, even if it's for legitimate reasons. How about that? Yeah, it's, it's a topic I wanted to touch on because it does come up more often than not, uh, uh, John, and that is when an employer legitimately has a good reason to let an employee go. Let's say uh, a department is closing down or an employer is restructuring, and unfortunately, the employee who is on maternity leave or parental leave is part of that restructuring. I mean, these things legitimately happen where an employer is not trying to, you know, not trying to let go of an employee who's on maternity leave or parental leave. But just legitimately, that person has lost their job. The way the law works, John, is that an employer actually has a positive obligation in a scenario like that to ensure that it looks for a comparable position for that employee. This is a very little known aspect of this area of the law. Someone who is on maternity leave or parental leave, if they're being restructured out of a position or if, they're, if their department is closing down, the employer actually has a legal obligation to try and find the comparable role for that employee. And oftentimes there are comparable roles uh, within a company, especially medium or larger size businesses. And so employees need to know that, right? They shouldn't just accept their, their job loss in a very difficult situation where they're just coming back from a parental leave. They should know that actually not only do they have the right to go back to their own position, they yeah. also have the right to go back to a comparable position if their initial position doesn't exist. We see very, very often employers don't do this and employees don't know that this is the way the law works. Be sure when you're coming back from a parental leave, if your employer is either changing your position or is telling you they're letting you go, please speak with an employment lawyer because the law is very, very protective of employees in that situation. You have lots of protections, lots of rights under the law as an employee coming back from a parental uh, leave. Don't your, let your employer just let you go. Uh, and offer you a severance package, you might actually have the right to continue your employment with the company. Yeah, you got to be careful on that one. And uh, just a little bit different with the uh, disability leave. Again, I know we got to wrap up here in a second, but uh, you have to be brought to a job. Might not be the same job, but a job, or at least try their hardest if it's a disability leave, right? Yeah, well, listen, uh, coming back from any kind of leave, if we're talking about a disability leave or, or a medical leave, you absolutely, John, have yeah. the right to return to the same position uh, that you left same terms of employment, pay, you got it. hours, schedule, you you name it. If that position doesn't exist, you also have the right to a comparable. 
Reaching out to Alex now that we're done. It's simple. 1-855-821-5900. Do it. Give him a call anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca in the email and the website free and anonymous pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. That's tomorrow, 630 right here on the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Entertainment.